0: For Your Infilmation is brought to you by Televised Robo Combat, now with ethically dubious AI. Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast to coast, we proudly present For Your Infilmation with Zach and John. part. Welcome to For Your Inflammation, a podcast for good movies, better cocktails, and best friends. We're your hosts, John Kaplan and Zach Graham. And it is that time of year again. It is March Madness. The month of March is here. Uh, for those of you that don't remember, March Madness is where we kind of switch things up a little bit. Um, I bring the movies to the table and Zach brings uh, what could be called a cocktail or whatever it is that he's feeling. And I'm really interested to see what he does this week. But uh, it is good to be back after a little bit of a hiatus. Um, good to be on the air with you zach it's good to be back man i i just i just kind of shoved myself in a closet waiting for you to come home (laughs) yeah uh the call is coming from inside the house (laughs) i was just i was just waiting i was like what movies are we gonna do what movies are we gonna do (laughs) well it turned out to be march madness so you didn't have to do it after all i know that that's that's the whole that's it kind of worked out that way where it's just like i just get to kind of relax and come in and you know try and frankenstein a cocktail for you people that's okay that's what i do all the time and uh you know uh, having the one episode between last march madness and this year it's like we never stop exactly It it was so weird listening to that episode again because it's like wow that was almost a year ago it was and uh haven't changed a bit no nothing's changed ain't shit changed. we ain't washed our ass it ain't it's all gonna be the same i i I don't know what you mean by that i truly don't but um yeah we have a new movie today uh it's robots from uh 2005 uh is that we've talked about robots like several times over the years uh i don't know if it was just like the weird like political reflections that it has or if it's just like the fact that it's not more popular uh but it's come up many times before uh I, i guess you hadn't still seen it up until this point Uh, what were your first impressions on viewing so robots was always a movie that like the memes preceded it for me like i do believe i saw this as a child but like you know when you see things as a child like you remember only certain things about it like probably the fart joke or something but you don't you don't take in the socio-political aspect of it, which this movie had so many socio-political aspects to it that like kind of shocked me for a kids movie. But the first thing I want to talk about is who the fuck put Tom Waits in a kids movie? That is some uh, bald shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of people in this movie that uh you really wouldn't expect to see in this. I, I think mostly just the actors. Oh well, that... no, I mean like in that like in the chop shop scene, they're oh, playing yeah. like a Tom Waits like working on the factory song, and I'm like that. That is dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what they're doing is dark. It's so messed up what they're doing there. And, like, well, you because, don't really like, think about it as a kid, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's the villain. And then as an adult, you're like, this is horrific. Like, so, I, I mean, I guess it does kind of. Like it does a twofold thing. One, it gives us a thing to rally against as the audience, but it also answers the question of like, okay, so they're robots, so they can just like exchange their parts or whatever. So I guess they just live forever. Yeah, but they are also actively expanding their population because they are capable of reproduction. Right. So what happens when you have too many? This is an Orwellian nightmare. It is. It's so there are so many questions. There's so many ethically dubious things happening here. And they all need to be explored. They all need to be explained. So I'll, I'll just go down like a, um, just a, like a small list of how I felt about this movie. Um, so I think the animation actually holds up better than some Disney movies. And I think you can attribute that to the fact that it, um, they chose something that looks metal or plasticky anyway, which is robots. Mm-hmm. And they set it in like a retro fifties future style. So that's always going to like have a specific aesthetic to it. That's always going to be appealing so that was nice um i think the male and female parts being interchangeable is um surprisingly progressive for 2005 it is an interesting insight isn't it i mean it's funny because there are call outs in the uh in, in the movie for like the differences between like man and woman robot but like clearly it is not such a de- like highly defined line right it's like you can exchange the parts for whatever you have because like if you can only get female parts then all right i guess you're gonna be half and half uh, yeah which- and that's just casual that's just not even like a thing that they really feel the need to address fully yeah like no one really questions it which is actually kind of cool so it's like all right i mean i don't know if this was intentional but it's pretty progressive i can only Um, assume that it wasn't but you're right it it is a bit ahead of its time especially for a kids movie to have content like that that does raise those types of questions i want to ask does every dreamworks movie like contractually have to have a fart joke in uh this is actually not a dreamworks movie this is blue sky which is a studio owned by fox oh so this is the ice age people it is the ice age people actually they made all of them chris wedge was the mind behind all of it okay so i will i will um i will change my question does every blue sky movie have to have a fart joke in it contractual i think it has to i don't think it works out any other way (laughs) because what do kids love more than fart jokes i guess i mean Uh, if you just give it to them they'll love it that's true it's a low-hanging fruit i think uh specifically for kids content and i mean knowing that it does have all of the things for a kids movie but it also is a lot deeper than that in a lot of ways does it just live up to the all-around height it does i mean like this was definitely something fun to watch as an adult like sure there are certain things in there that are for kids because after all it is a kids movie but some of the um the deeper class struggles that are presented in the movie are like really really deep and like it actually 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 works out as like a pretty decent metaphor they really are i find it really interesting that this movie was written and produced and released at the time that it was because 2005 kind of represented like a sort of all-time high specifically for the american economy and the way that the american life was being lived at the time i mean uh everything before 2008 was booming you know like things were kind of like crazy the way that it was especially in hindsight knowing how things went after 2008 and to have something like this come out be marketed to children clearly have to for meaning and to not leave some kind of impact is really interesting to me i think i think we are perhaps looking at an ahead of its time kind of thing like i do truly think that this is a hidden gem i think so too because it's it like it holds up like if you would have asked me like even like five six years ago like hey do you think the movie robots will hold up i'll be like what the fuck are you talking about yeah like robots a movie nobody has talked about in like 15 years yeah like i mean is it the best movie ever made probably not the cat is it definitely worth a watch and like if you're like going through like a children's cinema circuit? Yes. Mm-hmm. it is absolutely worth it, especially like now. Like it's very relevant right now. It absolutely is. and I'm surprised it hasn't made any kind of comeback. But I mean, we will touch on this a little deeper later on. In the meantime, uh, how about that cocktail, the other thing we do on this podcast, uh, make and drink cocktails. Okay, so I am not anything that I would call a mixologist. But I do know how to go, huh, robots, oil, what looks like oil in liquid form, probably a milkshake or some shit like that. So guess what the fuck we're doing today? Oh, what are we doing today? <laughs> All right. So you're going to catch your ice cream. You're going to get some milk. I prefer oat milk, but you know, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Mm. Some dark chocolate syrup. Now it's important that it's the dark chocolate syrup because it's going to look more like oil. Mm-hmm and then you're going to get some baileys obviously because what goes in there better than anything bailey and then just a splash of jameson and you're gonna mix all of that up together you can add on some uh dark chocolate shavings if you'd like and i call this cocktail the when was the last time you got oil i see because that's a funny bit from the movie you have really opened my mind with this because like the whole dessert cocktail thing is really cool this reminds me a little bit of a mudslide but obviously isn't quite so like coffee centered and and i think that's really cool because there's a lot of really cool rums out there that would be excellent for this type of cocktail and you could do so many variations on what you've done here oh yeah with like a creme de banana or like a creme de cacao or like a coconut rum you can really take this a lot of places that's kind of what i was thinking and like so my favorite whiskey is like jameson so i definitely wanted to put jameson in this thing because i don't think it gets the love it deserves i also need to try the orange jameson they just came out with because mm. that's That sounds really good anyway yeah i mean like it's kind of basic but at the same time you can add so much depth to it just like the movie yeah no i i like that i do i at the physics of the movie it when it comes to this type of thing also don't really make a lot of sense to me like uh they serve grease to each other you know like that's like a beverage but they don't really drink it they just kind of pour it on their bodies so like clearly it is a lubricant for them but they enjoy it like a beverage and then like they get oil changes like crank they, they the little gag when they get to aunt fanny's house and they like pull up in the bathroom or whatever and he's getting an oil change and it's like okay cool so that's like a bodily fluid for them but then there's also a point where Wonderbot like pisses nuts and bolts yeah like I assumed he was bleeding that would be like hemorrhaging tissues as a human so like so how that work like yeah. should we be more concerned about that little robot than like we are led to yeah well that's the thing and i know it's a kids movie and i know it's like a gag and it's like just a, a, a representation of something that's relatable to people but like it does beg that we ask so many more questions about this world and the things that they do like oil okay oil grease uh i can only assume that there's like gasoline somewhere in here that feel okay well those are all petroleum products petroleum is made from organic matter so somewhere in this world there are trees there are probably animals there are other like that's where the oil comes from that's where the grease comes from so at least in the past those things were there does this take place in a future where all life on earth has gone extinct and a race of robot people has taken over is that what's happening here i think it's supposed to be an alternative universe but it does it brings up a lot of questions just like cars does like did 9-11 happen in the cars universe because they do go to like a new york city style city and there are not twin towers there so it's like did did 9-11 happen there and also there's you can find a direct line to like where um the holocaust happened in the cars universe What because well because there are vw bugs in the cars universe and without the nazis there would not be vw bugs so therefore the holocaust had to have happened in the cars universe Uh, so but all the people (laughs) are cars what were the what were the (sighs) uh, it's questions uh. that they don't want us to ask but it's the questions we must ask does this this universe this robot (laughs) what what were you gonna say does this mean that like the Aryan super race is a specific type of car in the cars universe or is it a car with specific attributes like could any maker model of car that has like i don't know blue tinted windows and a light paint scheme be considered that is that how that works see i think this is profiling and i think we should stop (laughs) Oh, oh now we're profiling now we're gonna stop this is where we draw the line we're already banned in china let's not go for new zealand too oh my gosh you remember when we got a youtube video banned in the united states oh i mean did we deserve it though we did we we cannot say what that video is on here because we're not going to cross-pollinate that into our lives right now but just (laughs) uh, listeners just know that at one point circa 2008 we we did make a video that got banned in the u.s on it was um innocent from the mind of a child but not innocent in the eyes of anyone else. Not at all. Not at all. Well, on that note, um thank you for making your beverage. I really appreciate that you brought this to our uh you brought this to our uh, our podcast. Hey, you're welcome. Um, you know, I'm I'm not a mixologist, but I can Frankenstein some shit for you. Good. All right. So, um I know we haven't been back in a while, but John, have you heard from Frank? Uh, I personally have not. I don't really know that he has a means to communicate with people on the move. He still uses, like, snail mail for stuff. I mean, like, I haven't gotten any letters, nothing, so I'm just kind of like, is he alive? I mean, he was 387 the last time we checked in, so, um, I I guess, do you want to read the synopsis, or... Oh, fuck. D- does he know? I mean, did you You didn't let him know. I, I... Alright, well, I'll go let it him, whoever him is is getting let in. Yeah, just go see who it is. Alright. Well, hello there. Oh, hey, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd have to say I'm shocked to see you. I'm shocked to be here. Alright, well, uh, how's the bus? The bus is fun. The bus is always fun. They had this thing go on where you gotta, you gotta start wearing a thing on your face in the bus, and, uh, I, uh-huh. I have always been wearing a thing on my face. What's that? Uh, I don't know. It, it's usually just trash it's usually just trash to get stuck to my face oh okay so like you know you just have like a candy bar wrapper on your face or something usually yes yeah. sometimes i cut little eye holes in it it makes people really nervous i could understand why i mean like y- you're walking around looking like a trash can zoro one could say so frank wh- where are you living now are you still living in central park oh of course i am now sometimes they close the park in certain parts at night and uh i just kind of make do uh sometimes i get on the run sometimes they get the uh the new York police department out there looking for me oh okay so you are still a wanted man always have been always will be all right well we want and want is in quotation mark you here (laughs) um so frank um i know we didn't contact you but have you ever seen uh the animated film robots Oh, of course, the Chris Wedge political activist vehicle. Jesus Christ. All right, well, uh, tell us about the movie then, Frank. <laughs> All right. Ever since he was a wee boy, Rodney Copperbottom has dreamed of being an inventor, like his hero, Bigwell. Rodney makes a trip to the big city where he uncovers a plot to take down Bigwell industries, meeting weird and zany friends along the way. Can Rodney and his new friends put a stop to the forces of evil in Robot City? I guess we'll find out. Or, well, I hope you found out before you started this episode. Well, thank you, Frank. It's good to see you. Um, I don't think we have any craft services out here. We're just kind of stuck starting back up but um you are free to eat whatever like carpet samples are out there carpet samples are excellent i do love a good swatch uh i'm unabashedly going to just call the things i do dumpster diving now so i'm gonna go do that <laughs> all right frank we'll see you later all right see you uh john are we ever gonna be able to afford someone other than frank i don't know Uh, i'm beginning to think that maybe we should uh substitute him with some kind of uh, ai do they have a synopsis bot yet i i don't think so but we should make one and we should definitely leave frank out of it because that's kind of the tone of this movie you know we could maybe upload his consciousness into some kind of program you we are getting into some orwellian nightmare shit i want to talk about the orwellian nightmare shit that is within this movie okay i see rosebud (laughs) rosebud well uh why don't we go ahead and get into the nuts and bolts forgive the expression there um of the movie uh why don't we just take it from the top with this basic info this is stuff you probably could have got from wikipedia but let's be honest you don't like to read and you probably didn't think about this movie until about uh 20 or so minutes ago so uh here it goes uh this movie was directed by chris wedge who you probably know from the ice age series and also was the principal animator for tron the disney 1982 film which disney always wants you to forget about they do uh and then they made a remake uh honestly there is so much like animation pedigree and acting pedigree in this movie that uh it, it kind of blows my mind uh the movie was written I guess it's kind of split up into two things so the screenplay is by David Lindsay abaire Lowell Gans and Babalu Mandel who you might know from Happy Days and the Flintstones where he earned a 1994 Razzie for the worst screenplay you know, I think, I think the Flintstones movie is another one that people hate on a little too much. It's yeah. not, it's not that bad. I haven't seen it. Uh, shocker. I know that's super on brand for me. I don't know if it's worth doing an episode on, really? but maybe in 20 years when we've like ran out of things to talk about, maybe we'll go Flintstones. Maybe okay. we'll do Flintstones and Flintstones, uh, Viva Las Vegas or Viva Rock Vegas. I'm sorry. Oh, rock Vegas. Because you know, they're cavemen. Yuck, 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 yuck. Just like that uh story was written by ron Mita, jim McLean, and again david Lindsay a uh produced by jerry davis john c donkin and william joyce who is actually huge in uh, specifically children's animation and writing uh he's worked on roly poly oly he was on george shrinks and also did character design for the toy story films george shrinks think other things that i have not thought about in a very very long time what what was what was the whole thing with that one like he's i know he's like a little like he's like no bigger than your thumb and like his dad was he's like a Stuart little type character you know like he he's the oldest kid in the family but like he's tiny so it's like just kind of funny that he's like tiny like three or four inches tall and like his dad's like a jazz musician or something like i can't remember like it's one of those ones where i'm like i'm trying to remember plot lines but i'm also like i might be mixing it up with cyber chase and sagwa the siamese cat yeah these are all like classic PBS early 2000s stuff. This is excellent. Uh <laughs> Roly Poly is kind of a similar thing for Disney was it Disney Clubhouse Disney Playhouse Disney something Yeah, Playhouse Di- Yeah, Playhouse Disney, which is now Disney Junior. I Disney hate that Ju- I know that. Oh, that's great. Um yeah. <laughs> it's Disney if you Junior. look at Disney's Roly Poly Oly and then Watch Robots. I think there's a lot of carryover there. I was watching this with my fiance and she said the same thing. She was like, "Wow, this really looks like Roly Poly and then of course, she's one of those people that will look shit up on Wikipedia as she's watching the movie, which uh-huh. is why I love her. And then she was like, Oh, I guess it makes sense why I felt that way. Yep, because the producer was the guy behind really Polioli. <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh we get, have to get the by... right get the right robot people for the right robot movie. There we go. It's almost like they knew. It's almost like they're professionals or something. That's crazy. Should they have just called this movie Robot Farm? No. <laughs> There's not a farm in the movie. Yeah, but it's kind of like Animal Farm, isn't it? I, ah, yes, we, we'll get there. We will get there. (laughs) Okay. All right, so we have music by John Powell, who is also very prolific in the animation world. Uh he worked on The Road to El Dorado, worked on Chicken Run, worked on the first Shrek film and also worked in uh pretty much every other Blue Sky film up until 2013. Uh the music in this movie actually features the Blue Man Group. Really? Yeah, that's a uh, literally just like pedigree catnip 2005 culture sample right there. That is so weird. Yeah, no, I mean definitely like there are some things in the movie that are dated, but like not not Significantly, I don't think. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, uh the like having the Blue Man Group in there. Uh, is Blue Man Group still a thing? They have to be, right? Yeah, they still do a Vegas show. Okay, well, I mean, that's where you end up. That's how you know you made it. Past tense is when you have oh, yeah. a Vegas show residence. I mean i mean look at like Katy perry has a vegas show lady gaga has one so i mean it's pretty good that they have one yeah no absolutely um now this is where things get deep this is where things get super thick uh this is the uh the acting so uh this movie stars uh ewan mcgregor as rodney copperbottom uh it's hot off star wars yeah yeah stars robin williams as fender uh amanda Bynes as piper holly berry as cappy mel brooks as big weld oh shit it's big well big well big motherfucking well um jennifer coolidge is aunt fanny jay leno as the fire hydrant character al roker as the mailbox guy and who else but james earl jones as the darth vader voice box now did they actually have james earl jones come in and re-record lines or was that just a sample and they like because it is james earl jones they had to like credit him as far as i'm concerned it does not matter so we have james earl jones who is the voice obviously of darth vader among other amazing animated characters and we also have ewan mcgregor in here uh there's just two Much going on, like there is so much like voice acting and really just acting in general pedigree for this film. I want to know how they got Robin Williams in this movie because after Aladdin, he actually said he would he didn't want to do another kids movie or another animated movie because Disney like really burned him on it. So just I'll 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 try and get through this as quickly as possible. Um, basically Robin Williams said, "Okay, I will voice genie if you don't use that character to like advertise like shit food for kids." basically like he didn't want to he didn't want to be the reason that kids wanted a toy or like you know that kind of thing like he didn't want to be used right and disney said okay yeah sure and then of course they used them anyway yeah because and then it's he disney. tried yeah and then he tried to sue them and it didn't work out so he's just like i'm never doing an animated movie again i see because well, it's I mean, it really is just advertisement that's it all, all it is you know and i think in most cases there's a lot of that going on but in this case like there was a robots game it obviously wasn't very popular it didn't sell extremely well and There really aren't, like, merchandising opportunities for this movie, I don't think. I'm not aware of any, like, lines of toys or, like, anything outside of maybe, like, a Pillsbury cookie dough with the robot's (laughs) character's faces on it that happened maybe one time or something like that like maybe they were some fruit snacks yeah but it was all very limited if it happened at all i'm not even aware of any i mean again, in it doesn't have a footprint true in 2005 like just thinking logically like okay they had to have had like some sort of toy line based on this but like it didn't seem like they made the toys and then made the movie it's not like he man right or like freaking uh ice age that came out right before this by the same studio ice age was huge Ice Age was like all over Burger King and all over Toys R Us and all over everywhere. You could get little Scrat plushies and stuff. Uh, speaking of, uh, the director actually voiced Scrat. Interesting. Yeah, Chris Wedge, <laughs> voice Scrat, um, and then I want to say there's another actor in here that was also uh I, I think the voice for Sid the sloth. I I don't know I don't know. There's a that's lot of that's John like yeah, yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that going on. Um, and I think that actually makes an appropriate transition over into the background of the film. Um, most of this comes from the origins of Blue Sky because it's an animated film. The way it gets made is pretty uh pretty much the same. There's not a lot of like on location filming or anything going on because obviously it's all computer generated images so it's a little straightforward that way but i think blue sky's history warrants a little bit of discussion so for this movie in particular uh robots began in the year 2000 uh chris wedge and producer william joyce declined making a movie of joyce's book named santa calls um i don't know what that's about i i mean i, I william joyce obviously has a lot of successful Children's stories out there. Mm-hmm. Some of them made to the screen. Some of them remain books. I don't know about this Santa calls business. Well, I mean, when Santa calls, you answer. The call's coming from inside the house. The call's coming from inside your own heart. Ooh, is that what it is? Oh, uh, this just became the Polar Express. Nothing is the Polar Express. The Polar Express was a time and place and we should burn that year if we can go back and just burn a year from human existence it should be that one we don't even know what year that is we're just basing this all on the fact that it had to happen some year and that's the year we're targeting (laughs) correct is it like a calendar year or is it like the six months prior to release and the six months after release i mean we should just do both for good measure because we need to erase the polar express i (laughs) hot take this is a hot day. It's it's February. I mean, it's March, but like, it's February. Bro, look, listen. I've never been more scared than watching the Polar Express. Is this because of that one kid? That, uh, never mind. Uh, we cannot do this right now. We can't <laughs> go. We're, we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. Okay. Okay. So- yeah, Robots was pitched and accepted by Fox rather unenthusiastically in 2001. Production began in 2002, right after the release of Ice Age, which of course was a huge success. And so uh this is now they're of... excited. Yeah, now they're excited about it, right? I mean, they greenlit it before Ice Age came out, but like they already knew Ice Age was going to be pretty good. I just don't think they knew exactly how good it was going to be. Ice Age actually saved Blue Sky, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Okay. Yeah, like I said, uh, talking about Blue Sky really requires us to talk about the history of it because it's really really tied closely to the history of computer generated images in animated film uh blue sky was actually founded in 1987 after magi which stands for mathematical applications group incorporated was shut down so MAGI-, magi was the animation studio behind tron magi was famous for the production of the Synthivision software which was used by the u.s government to measure nuclear radiation uh this is really important for animation because this actually allowed them to do more with the cgi studio software by having automatic light technology. Lighting no longer had to be applied manually to the computer generated images, and that's what made Blue Sky Studios as successful as they were at least in part. Wow. So like, so I'm guessing they gave this technology to Pixar? Uh honestly, I think it it's either something that everybody else developed over time or it's something that they started and everybody else kind of found a way to get. I'm not really sure about that. Um like I mentioned gotcha. earlier, Blue Sky's major films include Ice Age and a few others, uh, but mostly the Ice Age series it performed well enough to where fox didn't actually sell blue sky off with vifx which was another FX studio that fox owned when the financial issues came in the early 2000s i guess cgi kind of went through like a little bit of a slump and they needed to sell it off uh and they kept blue sky because of ice age's success and the commercial success of ice age actually put blue sky on the map next to disney's pixar and universal studios and dreamworks which were really prolific in this time period i mean it's early 2000s we got like a bug's life we got like toy story we got freaking shrek we got we got all kinds of Stuff. We got CGI animation with Shark Tale. Yeah, like there is so much stuff going on. And, uh, honestly, for Fox to have their own studio putting out this stuff was pretty huge. Every studio wanted to get a piece of the Pixar puzzle. Yes, exactly. And Blue Sky did that through, uh, technology and by having a few, uh, kind of, uh, whiz kid writers. Right. Like, if you put the right people in the right places, you're gonna get a good movie that stands out. It stands up to the test of time. Like, I mean, even, like, parts of Shrek don't really stand up that well. They don't. Not by comparison to something like Robots. Right. Like, I would throw on Robots... To watch myself whereas i might throw on shrek to like entertain a child yeah it's like a lark you know you watch it because it's iconic not because it's just spectacular animation that still looks super good i mean it does look good but like it's not the same as the sequels like shrek 2 and shrek 3 are far more impressive than shrek 3. correct i mean and that was just limitations like yeah 2000, exactly. yeah, I 2000 think 2001 where... just had limitations yeah that's where blue sky shine exactly like they just brought the technology and now ironically they're both owned by disney but i mean you know it is what it is that's true uh blue sky actually was disbanded after their release of uh spies in disguise in 2019 fox was acquired by disney and disney shut down blue sky uh presumably as a preservation method for their own animated releases Yeah, I mean, like, I think Fox Animation Studios is still technically making animated movies. Like, they just did another Ice Age that premiered on Disney+. Plus. Okay, I see. So they do own all the licenses to this now. They're just not using the Blue Sky label? I think so. I mean, like, it, it would seems like such a waste because then they could have had Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Animation Studios, and Blue Sky, and they, they could have all done completely separate things. Yeah, and I wonder what their rationale is for that. I, I, I don't know. I'm not so kind of like a Monopoly Blue Sky, expert. I don't think Blue Sky has really had like a big hit in recent, like in a decade. Yeah, we'll talk about some of their other stuff coming up here in a bit. Okay. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the production, there's not a lot to say about the production of robots other than uh, the techniques for the animation are what kind of drove it to be innovative. Um, and it was just things used by Blue Sky, not really specifically for this movie, but things that just made them successful. Um, For coming up with character designs, they actually just had heaps of junk metal and like scrap technology. And machinery that they would put together like little sculptures and stuff for character concepts. Uh, Rodney Copperbottom's design is actually based on a small outboard boat motor from the 1950s. It, it looks a little bit like a KitchenAid stand mixer, yeah. He does kind of look like a KitchenAid stand mixer. So they basically made propane bots uh, like from propane. King of bot. I, uh, I, how did I know this was gonna happen? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. They just like <laughs> basically just made art out of trash and were like, you know what, this could be a robot, Animated robot that looks. They said, you know what? This could be a multi million dollar movie, right? Now. Yeah, exactly. Um, as mentioned before, CGI studio was a software that was built on the programming language that Magi use and they combined their ray tracing technology to make that automatic lighting effect that made them, I guess, more cutting edge. Like It gave them more resources for making the film. Uh, that was one of the things that kind of shined through in this movie and honestly, it's been used for a lot more than just this. Blue Sky was pretty big even outside of feature length films. A lot of the little um, like animated things that you would see in pharmaceutical commercials were Blue Sky products. So like uh Think like the Musinex guys. I don't know if that's an actual Blue Sky product or not, but that's the type of shit that they were doing in the '90s and early 2000s for the most part. They also had the first animated M and M's characters. So like that commercial that still plays at Christmas, where it's like, I don't know, Santa's real? oh they are real. That one. Yeah, I is the red M and M Joe Pesci? No, the red M and M is Billy West. Who the hell is Billy West? Who the hell is Billy West? You shut the fuck up. Uh, Billy West is um in the '90s he he. He took over as bugs bunny so like space jam all that shit that's billy west um he's also uh doug funny uh ren from ren and stempy fry from futurama oh okay so yeah he's pretty prolific like no 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 you're good yeah i'm i'm super into the whole voice acting thing man so like don't 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 take my um falling down wikipedia rabbit holes for years and years and years don't don't take any offense to it oh no not at all in fact i'm just glad that i could bring you this piece of like voice acting caviar hell yeah i mean it's it's pretty good like it's mostly um celebrities but i think they all do pretty well yeah no they, they really do So let's talk a little bit about the release and the reception of the film. So Robots premiered in the Westwood Theater in Los Angeles on March 6, 2005, and uh, had a wider release on March 11. Uh, Believe it or not, the first appearance of the Star Wars Episode trailer was right before robots so you have a movie starring ewan mcgregor with a trailer for another movie that stars ewan mcgregor and i don't think people actually realized that ewan mcgregor was the voice of rodney copperbottom a lot of the time until they saw the trailer right before the movie like when they appeared together people were like oh he's all be one and like when you know that you can hear it in rodney's voice because um that is my one small complaint is that if he was going for an american accent i don't think he did it successfully no and i don't know that he had to because like i don't think that this is one of those things where it just directly parodies like real life you know like it's not like in cars where it's clearly the united states right i think it kind a of it's a whole different own world thing. yeah exactly and they obviously they make jokes about it like there's a the one part where in like the battle scene where like fender does like the braveheart thing so like th- that's like a that that's funny, and like that stuff exists in it. Like, there's clearly like references and pop culture shit, but like, it's not like that really. So I don't know that he had to do a great accent, right? So I mean, it worked out. It was just like if he was going for one because it doesn't necessarily sound like his normal speaking voice. No, not at I'm all. I'm like, it was it was not the most successful. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, still, no. I- I- Ewan, if you're listening, good job. I liked it. Yeah, I'm glad you took a, a gander over here onto the animation side. It was a good uh it was a good lark for you. I I don't think this was a uh I, I can't imagine that your dream was to just be an animation forever. No, but I, it was I mean, he was in Star Wars. That's he true. He did a Star Wars. He did he did a Star Wars uh the movie was actually a moderate box office success uh, over 260 million dollars worldwide um budget was 75 million so that's a considerable return uh over half of the box office gross came from outside of the u.s and canada interesting okay so this was another one of those like really big in china kind of things honestly i couldn't tell you the breakdown of other countries but i mean to have it outside of the u.s i guess is kind of uh that's kind of good yeah i mean it's um it got around it got around yeah um, movie generally has good reviews. Uh major criticism is that it's kind of like it's a feast for the eyes. It looks great, but it it's like canned feel good, you know, like it's a, not maybe woody, but it just lacks complexity and originality in the plot. It it feels like a kids book. And that's what it's kind of supposed disagree. to be. You th- <laughs> you don't think it feels like a kids book with like the very clearly defined good guys bad guys kind of thing? No, I mean, it there is that, but there are also some very subtle complexities in here. There are uh, there's a lot of commentary for sure. <laughs> (laughs) hell yeah Yeah, bro um, like i I don't it's one of those like there's something for kids and adults whereas kids are getting like a fun silly movie adults are getting like oh god this is where we're we're going (laughs) um honestly it it is funny and one of the things man uh, every time i think about it i'm just surprised that it didn't make a bigger footprint didn't make a bigger splash um rotten tomato score of 64% and imdb score of 6.4 out of 10 basically the same uh generally favorable but i tell you what roger eber gave the film a fucking three and a half out of four stars Stars saying quote this is a movie that is a joy to behold entirely apart from what it is about it looks happy and more to the point it looks harmonious so he's saying this thing looks incredible it's also got a story that slaps <laughs> can we just be the modern roger ebert just be just do things on a scale of not nah to slaps uh, that would be uh i wonder how long that like verbiage stays relevant for though i don't even think it's relevant now Ah, <laughs> uh, i've <laughs> i'm out of touch (laughs) you were gone too long buddy you were gone too long oh no well (laughs) speaking of being gone a long time uh let's talk about these awards and accolades um yeah so robots was not like ice age in that it did not actually win any academy awards or really any awards Uh, i got a lot of nominations though and for its exceptional visual appeal and character design it got two Annie Award nominations uh two nickelodeon's kid choice award nominations a teen choice award nomination and a visual effects society award nomination Uh, again all of those are related to the uh the visual appeal character designs uh that type of stuff well that's nice i mean like at the end of the day those are all like um online and user uh created like polls and shit Mm -hmm. so i mean I, i guess i guess that makes sense it it is a movie for the people it is not a movie for the establishment the establishment wants what's in the movie to happen in real life and we don't yes it is for the proletariat this this is some marxist shit yeah uh you know what's funny though is it's there's not like a big thing about automation but they're all robots so technically everything is automation anyway it also has kind of like some back and forth about throwaway culture which kind of was a thing at the time but it's even bigger now especially like in the terms of like technology throwaway culture where like we all get a new phone every year or two years and like the other ones just end up in a landfill or like hopefully into the hands of like someone who needs one right or at the very least recycled for the chips and the earth metals yeah exactly like I either make sure it's recycled or i donate my old phones just because I'm like it's such a waste to just like throw it away yeah no I feel that uh there definitely is a bit in there about the throwaway culture I think that as far as the like cannibalization goes and like the marketing stuff goes like there's a lot to say about that too like you said you know getting the new phone and then just having other stuff is a part of the throwaway culture but it is also very on purpose and it's very money driven and I think in this case we have a movie where you get the guy at the top you get this ratchet type he has been raised and bred for the purpose of being like an absolute tiger in the marketing world worked his way up Bigwell industries got big well on the outs took over and then instituted a no repair policy and this is something that is actually very relevant i think because we had a lot of um we had a lot of like legal stuff going on these past few years about like right to repair you know when we talk about like cars and appliances and stuff and like when there are no parts available to fix stuff you just have to replace it which means you have to buy a new one every time which is good for them they're moving a lot of product but it's not good for us it's not necessarily good for the economy and is definitely not good for the planet correct and they want to do that because they want to get your money every single like you know one to two years yeah. And the logistical situation allows for it because they can just move product. Like it's a lot faster now. It's a lot more organized now. So it's something that they can do and still put out enough to get the demand, like to meet the demand. Right. But it's also like, you know, that's also kind of what's happening in the world right now as far as healthcare as well. Because it's, because I mean, think about it. Healthcare is so expensive now. And we're kind of throwing away the people that can't afford better healthcare. And yeah, so I that's, see what you I, mean. that's, that's also kind of what's going on here. Like it's, like it's, easy to go the throwaway culture with like phones and technology because the, after all the characters are robots but at the end of the day this is healthcare care that they there is a lot of that going they, on it's it's the repairs yeah and they get yeah, really they need mad repairs. yeah when they find out that rodney's doing it and he is the guy that like had the idea he had the vision he's like oh yeah i want to be an inventor i like to fix stuff i like to build stuff they identify him. they figure out he's the one doing it and they're like okay yeah no this guy is persona non grata the like the guys in charge found this one guy doing this one thing or like hey this guy whack this guy yeah exactly because like if someone came along and offered affordable health care to the people and like offered health care that people who don't make a lot of money that could give it to them at free or low cost yeah that person would absolutely be on a hit list somewhere i mean we see things like that every now and again with like uh again like your elon musks type where they're just kind of wild cards and they will just throw money and resources at anything cause they're like you know what fuck it this is what we're doing man and i'm gonna finance it because i can't and you can't stop you know and every right. now and again something like that will pop off and it really is disruptive you know but like in this case you're right and I, there's just it's so deep like there's so much going on here i think even just the upgrades thing i mean like that's uh that's kind of huge yeah i mean like we're not necessarily at like a cyberpunk type thing yet but i mean that will become a thing where it's like oh yeah your legs just busted dude you're gonna have to replace the whole thing right or like even just like you know oh you're um like the, like it could be like a bulb in your tv is out like one pixel is out they will not give you the te- they will not give you the tools or the know-how to fix that they're just going to make you get a new tv yeah and what's worse is like they're not even designed to be fixed you know no like, it- like and like an iphone is barely designed to be fixed yeah like you can swap the screen out kind of but you kind of need to have a lot of tools to do that it's honestly really infuriating and i think like we see it a lot with technology we see it a lot with like vehicles we see it a lot with see a lot with everything frankly and uh th- this is a big comment on that it's a big comment on consumerism and like culture uh, like for consumers like it's really deep you gotta watch the movie you'll see what we mean uh especially now where everything's like I-, I guess like super politically aware you know it would be really easy to see now where maybe back in the day it wasn't so easy to see even if everybody kind of thought it it's just like oh it's a zany kids movie and it's weird that it had all this other stuff in it yeah i do think that this should be a movie that is revisited because i do think it was it is one of those unintentionally ahead of its time type things i think so too because Uh, i don't i don't think that they could have known that the world was going to be like this no i don't think so yeah like i said i mean like around 2008 things just kind of like took a turn and this is pre-2008 right and now we're just all in debt all the time yeah and i mean and i think that's, and that's how next step for the universe that they've created here is that like you either go in debt to get the upgrades and you're in debt for the upgrades forever or you don't and you go to the chop shop right and like the chop shop is so dark yeah like like how does that work like you're like what's the criteria to have to go to the chop shop uh soylent green is people that's what's happening here right so like you fall apart I, we cannot get into soylent green as people right now <laughs> we we don't we, we we are already 45 minutes into this we 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 cannot you ever seen the movie the stuff the stuff no it's kind of like a um the blob type situation you know and it's like uh taking over people's minds taking over people's brains turn them into the stuff which is like a food thing that you eat but it came from outer space it's really campy and cool we'll have to cover that sometime but like it's a little bit like that where it's like you get busted apart or you end up in the street or whatever and you get picked up by one of these sweepers they take you down they bust you up they turn you into raw materials that are then sold back to the company that's making the upgrades for the people that have the money you're literally feeding the homeless to the rich this sounds like street trash it It's a it's a whole concept. Like honestly, when you look it over, you're like, this is like fucked up. Like it's like actually a lot of fucked up shit going on. It's like when we have like a gentrification, you know, where like we are literally just consuming the lives of like less fortunate people so that rich people can have more fun. It's so that rich people can live in a cheaper area because they're they are also starting to get outpriced of their normal areas. And they make it like chic and stuff so that people don't feel bad about it or people don't feel weird about it. They're just going to a different lifestyle or different location but other people that were already living there can't afford to keep living there but they also can't afford to move and that's kind of what we're doing here where it's like well i mean i can't get parts anymore and the only thing i can get are the upgrades but like you know what's gonna happen when i can't get the upgrades because it's just gonna keep happening you're just gonna keep having to get the upgrades because you can't get the parts so then you just end up guess i'll die yeah and that's what rodney's dad finds himself in that situation yeah and i mean it's super messed up but it is one of the many things in this movie that like deserves a good hard look. And I, 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 again, am surprised that there is not more of a footprint for it. Uh, On that note, very dark, why don't we talk about some fun facts? Uh, Do love the fun facts. How how about Aunt Fanny? So Aunt Fanny in the UK version was changed to Aunt Fan. Uh, Can you guess why that is? Uh, Fanny is kind of like a slur, isn't it? It's used, it's literally interchangeable with the word pussy. (laughs) Good old Aunt Pussy. Yeah, that doesn't really go over well. So is like that the, just... so is that giant thing she trails behind her not her ass but her vagina? That would be the implication if they did that in the UK version, and that clearly doesn't really work. That's a big vagina. All right, I understand right. now. <laughs> yeah, not not really the uh yeah yeah. Um. Also, we kind of talked about this before, but like the way that it works with the physics or like the the life in robot land or whatever the hell this world's called uh it doesn't really work out again at aunt Fanny's, so they're like she serves them grease in the morning and the picture that she serves them the grease in is the exact same picture that wonderbot is made from so like okay I guess in this universe... So, how does this work? So, like, your body can be made from anything, clearly. Yeah. So, where does your consciousness come from? And also, like, if they take your body to the chop shop, what happens to your consciousness? That is a great question. They have to have some kind of power source, right? I mean, they sleep. Well, do they sleep? Because, like, I know that they went into the room. It looked more like they were resting because you, you didn't really see anyone sleeping. Hmm. I. It leaves so many questions unanswered. and i think to get like more scrutiny on it is to make it more complicated and this is definitely one of those things but the the road work is clearly there yeah no absolutely it almost it almost feels like they did think it through and had to like tone it back down because they're like hey guys remember we're making a kids movie here right Uh, it's there's this kind of stuff all over the place you know how there's like a fountain in the middle of big weld plaza that has like oil shooting out of it and you're like well oil is like what you shit so like is that a shit fountain is yeah well Oh, I mean, Is oil just, like, the lifeblood of the nation? Like, it's not blood, it's not waste, it's just kind of a thing that's there. And by Bigwell shooting oil out of his fountain, is that, like, a flex? It's Like, look how much money I have, I can just afford to just put this shit in a fountain. It truly does not, it doesn't add up, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, I think at one point they're doing the thing with Bigwell's, like, running around or something, and there's, like, he comes back and a guy goes into the wrong restroom, but the bathroom signs are, like, a plug and a sock. It, Jeez. as if to like imply that there is a male and a female restroom which also means that there have to be like genitals because we know that there are genitals because in the beginning of the movie they hammer rodney's freaking robocock onto him <laughs> robocock that it, has to be a porn right i someone has done that th- for sure don't look it up don't look <laughs> that up <The> <laughs> you know don't look what look up. it up look, it, look up. it up fuck it if you're over 21 look it up who okay. cares so what happens then I, I, do they there are so many questions have to be like what what are they what do they what do they, they put them together and then like that's what orders the fucking baby parts in a box it doesn't make much sense like especially when the body parts are so interchangeable it's like what what does it matter i mean i get that it's just a gag like it's like it's just supposed to be a joke i don't think it's supposed to be taken like too hard but it does it does bring up a lot of questions here's another question everything is made out of metal right right their bodies are also made of metal. Uh, well, if that's what I'm saying. It's like the whole world is metal, and even, like, certain things are animated like the mailbox yeah that's so that guy's like, job so that's like, his cast a, in society is he a robot yeah he has to be see that's where it, that's where it gets confusing yeah and it does has too many questions not enough answers um chris wedge get on it elon musk get on it. <laughs> do, you th- do you think elon do you think we could cyber bully elon musk into remaking this like in a gritty way oh man there's an idea are you thinking like a film noir detective style hell yeah Let, let's do it everybody starts cyber cyberbullying elon musk i you know what we didn't say that (laughs) we didn't say i would never encourage anybody to engage in cyberbullying i wouldn't do anything like that listen i understand that some people are harassed online there is a difference between being harassed and being cyber bullied because if someone's just calling you like dumb or fat online literally just turn the screen off and they're gone <sighs> but however if you are being harassed and getting death threats that is different that is a crime uh be nice to people unless of be course, nice you to want people. them to make a robots reboot <laughs> exactly well we got um We got fucking whoever it was that made the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. We got them to change Sonic. That's true. We did. We had, oh, oh, horrific. I don't, I don't, I cannot believe that they went, that they got almost all the way through production and thought that that version of Sonic was okay. Yes. Perfect. Um, I, you know what? Democracy. Am I right? Democracy. Democracy. And, um, I'm, I, I guess maybe Chris Chan had a part in it. I don't know. We're not doing that. We're not touching that. We are not doing that. Um, I fell down that rabbit hole. Speaking of Big Weld, in the scene where he has to restart his brain, he sings Daisy Bell in a really low register, which is actually a reference to, for those of you that have seen it, 2001 A Space Odyssey, where Hal 9000 sings that song as it goes offline. That is actually another reference in and of itself to the IBM 7094, which is the first computer in 1961 to synthesize music by singing that song. Yeah. Yeah, and um it was actually a pretty big tiktok trend like maybe a year year and a half ago it was that like really robotic voice that goes daisy daisy give me your answer do it's um it, it was a whole thing i don't i don't know if you saw that one john uh i'm not really on tiktok Uh, kind of been off the face of the planet. Yeah, you motherfucker. Yeah, (laughs) feels good. Well, it doesn't feel good. You know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know about TikTok. I don't know about this trend. I don't know about this, uh, this Daisy Bell thing. Um, it's a good yeah. song check it out yeah uh fun pop culture reference just like all of the music like there's a lot of like uh hip-hop music in this and it fits in really well i think um yeah it's just one of those things where it's like i do feel like because all of those are in there it's going to be hard to re-release this film in the future right because they can't have like uh i don't know i am trying to think of like a uh a current hip-hop banger uh wop isn't really relevant anymore um Trap Queen by Fetty Wap isn't really relevant anymore. RIP uh, Fetty. Ooh. Uh he's not dead, but just goddamn. Yeah. Uh do you have a favorite character from the movie? Why why are they your favorite character? Um I really liked Drew Carey's performance in this i thought it was really good um i i guess big weld is my favorite character just because he's voiced by mel brooks and also i just like yelling oh shit big weld yeah that is fun it was a meme i I don't know it was it an underground meme i have no idea wait big weld was a meme yeah it was like a really like tech like um like, it was, like, a deep-fried meme. Ah. It was, like, a picture of Big Weld, like, when he's, like, rolling down, like, the... Or, I guess, technically surfing on the dominoes. Mm. And it just said, oh, fuck, it's Big Weld. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm just... glad somebody knew about this. That wasn't me. <laughs> it seems like Robots is, like, a movie that people who tend to like they like they like things that no one else likes just for the sake of liking them it seems it seems it seems to be a harbinger this movie seems to be a harbinger for those kind of people i see i see well i mean we're coming up on the end of the review here and we've already kind of touched on like why it's important and why blue sky was important at the time and like how the movie is really like politically charged and like there's a lot of social commentary and all but like what do you think it was that kept this film from being a, a like animated film royalty it was kind of primed for it i think it was at the right time and place it had the right people behind it it had the budget it had all the what the stuff it needed it has like a star-studded cast but like what kept this from being like a um like a frozen type noise movie? noise noise is what kept this from being elevated because you have to think about what was going on from the time toy story one came out in 1995 all the way up until about 2013 like there was just nothing But like 3D animated movies, like, like, I mean, you, you probably don't even remember half of them. Like, do you remember Valiant? i do remember valiant that uh, the fact that it existed um believe it or not rio is another one that kind of got swept under the rug a little bit but that was a um that was a blue sky production as well right so basically there was just so much noise like every studio was like pushing out these 3d animated movies some were better than others and like sometimes you're just gonna get lost in the noise and i think that's what happened with this one like like I, like if i'm being completely critical here like it's not a monster's Inc it's not enough mm-hmm. like it's just like it just purely is not any of those moves now is it better than like the b movie absolutely but that is a hot take there is a lot of love for the b movie b movie is a meme it 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 is is now it's i mean it has been for like, like a decade but but like back when it originally came out it wasn't like it was just kind of like it was again it was just another like oh this is noise like this is just a studio throwing something out and like I think that um Fox probably treated robots the same way like like, it's like you said like they weren't exactly enthusiastic about the film in the first place when it came time to release it like yeah did they do the toys sure did they do the you know happy meal sure they did all those things but they did nothing to preserve the legacy of the film like sometimes when a movie does really well like studios do things to preserve the legacy of that film and they did nothing with this like as soon as like the marketing campaign for like the dvd and vhs of this movie was done you never heard fucking jack shit about it ever again yeah you know there definitely wasn't a uh smell vision scratch and snip card like they did for the rugrats gone wild movie i just saw someone on tiktok open like a new pack of those like oh, from man. 2001 some of them still work just in case you were curious <laughs> some of um, them still <laughs> Um, but like, asked for that, no one, it, it's TikTok, man. No one asks for anything. We just watch because Ugh. we're, we're fuck. we're living in not to overuse this, but like we're living in a nightmare. We are living like George Orwell is, uh, rolling over in his grave. I, God. but we got the smell of vision, scratch and sniff surplus pack that we found at the warehouse that Burger King busted open. One of the employees was like, Oh my God, this is a treasure from the past. We're going to get this smelly little card out. And we're going to make a fun video on my phone real quick. I can only assume he was in a car. He, she, uh, yeah, they, in the car, uh, you know, smelling these little scratch and sniff cards from 2001, I think you, 2002. I think you had to go to Burger King to get them. Like, you they did. didn't give. They didn't give them out at the movie theater. You had to get them at Burger King. But, like, <sighs> if Burger King's going to bring anything back or, like, pull anything out of the warehouse, can they please bring back the cheese fries? Oh, uh, the shake-em-up fries. Oh, my God, dude. I Like, my mouth is watering thinking about it right now. I know it's, it's probably just mac and cheese dust, but, like, it God is. damn it, I want it. You know what, though? I mean, it's, it's those combinations, man, like, the, like pizza and ranch dressing. You know, if you went back to 2005 when this movie was released and you said, oh, yeah, ranch dressing and pizza... People be like are, you are on crack you are on crack you know, and you are eating crack food but no now you can go to any pizza restaurant and they just have ranch sauce on on tap that you can just get however much of it you need because it's such a popular item you want to know something though like people don't do that in the northeast that is not a thing it's actually considered like especially if you're going to like a mom and pop pizza place it's actually considered disrespectful so it's like uh it's like steak sauce on steak correct ah uh, so like yeah people do it clearly but like you know true steak lovers Aren't really gonna be that into steak, so. Correct. It's just like it's one of the things. Anyway, that's not this movie. No, um, it's not. Anyway, that's what I think. I think that I, I also think that some of the. Like socio-political things we're finding in the movie like were intentional, but I don't think they became super relevant until like the last five years. Yeah, that's so again, ahead of its time. You said it best. Yeah, I think it's ahead of its time. I think it's a hidden gem. I think it's something that's worth looking back into. And I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe one day it will get the reverence that it kind of deserves. Like, yeah. and I and I don't say that lightly. Like, I do think that this is legitimately one of the better movies for from that like just schlock of fucking 3d animated movies i mean like this is clearly better than cloudy with a chance of meatballs yo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like i mean like this this is something different this is something else this is even like i would even think this is probably better than ice age uh yeah i would say that too i think that ice age is super like approachable and like friendly and like it connects with people but like there's more going on in robots right and like i just don't think that the studio put the power behind this movie that they could have and i also i ultimately think that's why it did win any awards it's because the studio's just didn't really the studio didn't give a shit they're like okay yeah. what's the next thing go make us more money yeah i mean i'm happy to have it i'm happy that we have found it and i hope that if you're out there and you haven't seen robots you will give it a shot because it is worth a watch um, absolutely yeah if you got a few hours on the weekend g- go go see this uh sit down get yourself some popcorn uh do whatever it is you got to do to get comfy maybe you have a snuggie that's another gem from the 2000s <laughs> uh get yourself one of those get yourself a pet egg grind that shit off your foot have yourself a blast of the past if you still have any of your nickelodeon slime you can uh, kind of sniff that while you're watching this movie that might make you feel good yeah yeah um the uh cher- white cherry icy white cherry icy they don't do that anymore yep but if you have one for some reason uh pepsi crystal pepsi Chris- pepsi crystal tastes like ass though i i'm sure it does now after it's been you know maturing in a cupboard for 12 12- 15 18 years i don't like maturing take that back anyway we better I will get not out apologize. i will not apologize for anything i say this is america all right libertarians mm. whatever commentary <laughs> fuck the Free libertarians market. anyway uh we hope you enjoyed this episode uh we're back john we are officially yeah. back we are and if you'll tune in next week we will have another episode of march madness and uh john will probably make me watch some bullshit that also makes me and uncomfortable uh do you think the ncaa is gonna make us uh stop using the term march madness i don't think they can because they don't own march and madness and also we're doing it in a spooky way Ooh. we're not saying we're not saying like you know Mar- march madness only on tnt that That's might get it cool, sued yeah <laughs> that is that that is cool though maybe maybe one day we'll be like a joe bob briggs hey, and we, and we, like and we can make that and we can make that work but until that day please give us a five-star review on apple podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts uh tell your stupid friends and uh we love you uh for four year inflammation i'm zach graham and i'm john kaplan go watch a new movie this week maybe it's robots maybe it's uh some fucking bullshit you're gonna watch on netflix while you're uh banging somebody i don't know all right see you guys